Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. On the Autosport Podcast today, another exclusive interview. Natalie McGloin is a disabled woman who races on equal terms against able-bodied men in Porsches. As a teenager, she broke her spine as a passenger in a road accident, but now the car has brought her a new purpose. For the latest in our hashtag Thinking Forward series, Natalie tells our own James Allen about her clear vision, where a disabled child can watch an F1 Grand Prix race and say, I want to do that one day, and for it to be possible. Enjoy the interview today. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for joining us on this hashtag uh, Thinking Forward. And you're an amazing woman. I mean, you're the living embodiment of the, first of all, the challenging spirit of, of motorsport, but also, to my mind as well, a proof point that our sport truly is unique. Because once you're in the car with a helmet on, there's no way to tell from the outside whether it's a man or a woman, able-bodied or disabled, and no other sport can, can say that. Um, as a disabled woman who was paralyzed from the chest down in a road accident, I wonder how empowering is that, and, and also for your mission to get more disabled people into our sport? Thanks for having me on, James. I'm, I'm so excited to be part of this discussion. And um, yes, like you say, motorsport is... The only sport in the world where a subcategory for disabled drivers does not exist as for female drivers um, and as a disabled driver that that kind of that ambiguity um, of leaving my my disability in the pits if you like when I'm in a racing car is the reason I fell in love with the sport it's the reason that I get so much from it and I think that a lot of disabled drivers will tell you the same, that, you know, being in control of something so powerful, a racing car and a racing circuit, competing alongside 
predominantly able-bodied men um, is is huge you know um, I think that it's I describe it usually as a freedom uh, I'm I'm free to just do to the best of my ability what I can in that car in terms of my bravery my skill level and my disability is completely relevant and I the reason that I, I kind of work so hard to try and make motorsport more accessible to people is because I want those that choose to and that have desire to who are disabled to experience what I love about motorsports. Well you've spoken eloquently about the, the feeling of driving a car of course in your case it was a car that took so much away from you uh, with the road accident but it's also a car that's giving you the chance to do this and I, I, I'm fascinated by that dynamic and what, what, how you feel about that dynamic. Yeah, it's, it's a weird kind of um, like conflict, I guess. Um, I, I really don't associate how I broke my neck in a road car as the same thing as racing on a circuit, purely because I was a passenger. I didn't have a road license, a driving license in any capacity when I was involved in that accident. Um, so I think the... The lack of control from being a passenger and breaking my neck to having control of a car on a racing circuit i i don't i don't struggle with with the kind of comparison but again yes um i you know paralyzed from the chest down and becoming a tetraplegic due to a car accident a lot of things were taken away from me but i found that 16 years after that when i competed in my first race that a lot of what I had been missing in life was given back to me. And it was, it was mainly that, that feeling of, um, I, the best way I can describe it is riding a bike with no hands when you're a kid. It's that ability to just kind of just be free and just be carefree and, and, and in the moment. And, and racing gives me that in, in that, you know, I'm completely in control of those cars that I drive. I'm in control on the edge. And um, yeah, it just, the, the things outside of that, the, the confidence, the accepting my injury, the feeling accepted in terms of my motorsport peers and colleagues, it, it gave me so much back that um, I'll be forever grateful for that. And I continue to get so much from it every time I sit in a racing car. Well, Jean Todd, the FIA president, made you the, the president of the FIA Disability and Accessibility Commission almost three years ago now. What does that brief entail and what pro progress have you made in those years? So I was asked to become president of the Disability and Accessibility Commission in 2017 and the work started in earnest in 2018 and um, Jean made it very clear to me when he offered me the position that you know this wasn't a token gesture of ticking some boxes. He really wanted to make some progress in the sport for disabled people and um, so far we've we've done a lot but there is obviously so much more to do um, the first year we concentrated on getting the legislation in order for disabled people to be granted competition licenses because although there was quite a bit in appendix l of the international sporting code to facilitate disabled participation it was rather fragmented in that it had been drafted many, many years ago and had been almost adapted for individual drivers. You could see clauses in there that were specifically there to allow Alex Zanardi to compete after his accident. So the first thing we did is we had a look at the legislation, 
we took out anything that no longer made any sense and we put in modern um, legislation that allows disabled people to compete without compromising on safety. So that was much of 2018 was focused on that side of things as well as looking at ways where we could encourage more people into the sport, for example, through the Disabled Drivers Grant, which gives people who are disabled and racing at club level um, competition access to the highest level of safety equipment. So fire suits, um, fire extinguisher and safety fuel cell, um, because we wanted to make sure that we demonstrated that disabled racing was safe racing. So with those who had added mobility problems, we felt that this was a really positive thing to do. Um, so much of, much of 2019 was focused on in other areas. So the certificate of adaptations was created because we, we identified that um, through my experience with Alex Zanardi actually, that although cars were being accepted into competitions with adaptations, there was a kind of gray area that no one really knew what that meant in terms of A, competition, or B, safety. So homologated cars were being adapted to suit disabilities without real legislation and saying that they were allowed to do that. And the problem that was, was occurring was that suggestions were, be made, were being made by championships that because homologated cars through being adapted were now running outside of their homologation papers, that those cars would actually be entered into a separate class, which is not the point of disabled participation in racing. We all want to race on level terms. So the certificate of adaptations was put in place to allow homologated cars to be adapted through an assessment process that assesses the sportingness of the controls and the safety aspects. And the certificate set, sits alongside the, those homologation papers so that disabled com, uh, competitors can compete in the class that they were intended to, to do so. And it's really important, isn't it, this, Natalie? Because, I mean, we've seen that drivers like Billy Munger can have an accident like the one he suffered and come back the following year at a higher level <laughs> and win, which just simply couldn't happen in any other sport. I mean, if you're a rugby player, yes, you can play wheelchair rugby um, after an accident, but it's, it's nothing like the same as playing in the Six Nations or whatever. Um, so our sport, again, is, is unique. In, in that sense. Um, and someone like you can race able-bodied men in, in, in Porsches uh, and compete. So it's, you must be pleased with the, the level that that's got to and the fact that you've been able to create the environment in which that can happen. Yeah, and I think, um, although before the commission this environment did exist, it didn't exist to this kind of level. I think it was almost like disabled racing was kind of just ignored slightly and just like let snuck in the back door because um you know competitions knew that it, it was it was the right thing to do but didn't really know what the legislation was or the legalities or where they even sat on insurance so i think um the, the commission has allowed this to now be shouted about you know we've the door has always been ajar. I think now it's fully open and the next stage is to show people it's open and show people who aren't already involved in motorsport, who do have disabilities and have ambition to, to see if they have you know, a place in motorsport, whether that's as a, a driver, um, a volunteer or official, um, a team member, 
that we can help them show them the right pathway into any of their chosen careers or pastimes within motors. And what's all the, the work that you've been doing, the publicity around the work that you've been doing, as well as the performance of people like, like Zanardi in the past, but obviously more recently, Billy Munger, and obviously we think about Robert Kubica getting back into Formula One. What's that done in terms of, of, of bringing people forward from, from the disabled world that, that want to compete in motorsport? Well, I, f I find that the, um, one of the biggest things which um, I'll always be grateful to David Richards, the chairman of Motorsport UK and John Todd, was um, allowing me to present Kimi Raikkonen with the trophy at the, um, the Formula One um, at Silverstone in 2018. Because the visibility of that actually got more interaction from kind of disabled people who weren't already involved in the sport. It got them looking at the FIA webpage and the legislation about disabled motorsports. It got them looking at my profile, Billy's profile, Alex's profile, and thinking, do you know what? There's, there's a route in for me, and I'd like to find out more about this. So I think in terms of the publicity, something like that was, was so positive for like, um, not fighting our cause, but promoting our cause. And I think any publicity that we're doing from here on in just, just builds on that. So um, I'm really fortunate that um, World Motorsport Council in uh, March, um, oh, sorry, I think it was the June one, uh, approved uh, the commission having its own Instagram account, which I know doesn't sound very progressive, but actually it's been, it's been active for three or four weeks now. And the amount of disabled drivers who have got in contact and, and told their story and have then reached out to goodness knows how many other disabled people, showing them what is possible in motorsport. And they're starting to make inquiries about what's available opportunity-wise for them in their own countries. I think it's going to be absolutely enormous in terms of promoting what we're doing and also gives us an avenue to give our new legislations and grants that we're putting in place to the people that we need to, we need to hear them and that they're the disabled communities, whether they're already involved or not. Um, we've talked mainly in terms of the personalities and obviously including yourself about people who've, who've been rendered disabled by some form of accident. But obviously the, the cohort also includes people who, who carry a disability from earlier in their life. Do you feel that Frederick Sose's successful completion of the Le Mans 24 hours in 2016 is the, is the greatest achievement by a disabled driver? Um, I, I think it was an incredible achievement, um, but I think that there are a lot of incredible achievements by disabled drivers. What uh, Frederick Sose did was um, remarkable, especially in terms of his lack of experience in motorsport prior to competing in that race in Le Mans uh, um, in 2016. Um, and yes, the visibility was, was huge. But I think equally, if you look at someone like Nicholas Hamilton, who born with cerebral palsy um, and driving at a very high level in the British Touring Car Championship and driving a non-adapted car as well, um, I think you know his visibility in the sport really helps me with my my vision for the commission, because my vision for the commission is that in however many years time, disabled kids watch the Formula One and have ambition to become a racing driver because that is a reality. 
you know, I, I hope that the work of my commission has gone so far that that's actually feasible. And at the moment, disabled children don't look at motorsports and think it's for them because there are so few and far between um, disabled people competing in the public eye that if they don't see someone that looks like them, then the ambition to achieve is, you know, it's, it's not on their radar immediately. So I think Fred Sasset, I think Nicholas Hamilton, I think some of the other drivers who are potentially less, less uh, smaller in profile, um, but equally doing incredible things. I think if we start to shout about all these people, the message will get so, spread so much more quicker that um, my ambition and my vision for the commission will be realized in, in however many years time. You mentioned earlier on that you know, unlike the Olympics, motorsport doesn't have the equivalent of, of the Paralympics because for the reasons we've explained, you know, you're able to compete uh, equally. Um, but is there a desire to somehow, a bit like the W Series has done in a way, is there a desire to somehow give disabled motorsport more of its own sort of showcase, uh, even to the extent of having any kind of event? Or are you really steering clear of that and, and trying to drive awareness in a, in, in a very much you know, a level playing field way? No, I don't think so. I think things like the W Series are fantastic for um, inclusivity in the sport in terms of women. And I don't see any reason why as disabled drivers, as a cause, we can't, we can't follow suit. What I'd really like to do is something like the Women in Motorsport Commission did with the Girls on Track, which was reaching out to young disabled drivers and showcasing in different cities across the world what they can do and having a competition where, you know, the top two go through to race at Le Mans in a 24-hour kart race. I don't see that as something that would be working against the inclusive nature of motorsports because i think like the w series the more visibility we have of women of disabled uh, drivers in the sport the more it's going to grow so that the parity is there you know 50 50 parity with gender it won't be the same with disabled people because those kind of statistics just don't exist but more disabled people competing in club in international in f1 like you say robert kubitz has already done it so I, I i think that they would be a valuable tool for just publicizing that motorsport is accessible now, you and i obviously have met uh, many times on on thought leadership events spoken together and in the last few years and and with what i've seen in the last 12 months particularly hastened by covid uh, there's been this real shift towards sport needing to have a wider sense of purpose than just competition and entertainment. Do you think motorsport is actually credible as a platform for good causes because of all the things we've been talking about in terms of what it offers? Um, but also there is another side to it in terms of the way that the, it's perceived perhaps by, by the public. And how important to its future is having its story straight on its, its credibility as a platform for good causes? I do think motorsport is a, is a very credible um, platform for promoting, especially the EDI subjects that companies are very much promoting at the moment. And I think um, because of the inclusivity of our sport, because we don't discriminate, men and women compete together, disabled drivers and non-disabled drivers compete together. I think we have almost a bigger role to play for disabled people in society in showing that 
we are um, we are classified in the same way as non-disabled people, because I think there are a lot of societies that um, and different parts of the country that maybe aren't so uh, proactive with um, disability discrimination legislation. Um, we have a responsibility to show people within those countries that disabled people can stand up and be counted with non-disabled people and you'll excuse the pun um, with that expression but um, I do feel like we can we can have a social impact on on some of these subjects by just simply competing on level playing field um, and it is something that we've spoken about in my commission that we do have a bigger role to play than simply facilitating disabled participation in motorsport with the commission. Of course, it isn't just drivers. You, you referenced it earlier on. Your commission's also there to encourage more disabled volunteers into motorsport uh, and to get involved at, at all levels. You know, how, how is that side of it going? That side of it is actually very positive. So we had um, a driver come forward from Mexico who was injured in a road bike accident and he was a volunteer before he had broken his back and we actually made a port disabled we, we call them disabled portraits so they're small videos that we're creating of, of inspiring people within the sport and showcasing what what is possible and Andres um, went back into motorsports a short time after breaking his back and became chief scrutineer at the um the mexican grand prix so um there are so many roles that disabled people can fulfill within the volunteers and officials um capacity and i've had since the creation of the instagram account a lot of disabled volunteers and officials coming forward and telling me about their own journey um there was the the, the guy who was injured at, DT, at dtm round and, and lost his leg in the pits and as a marshal and he then went back to marshalling and has actually started karting as well and, and taken up racing which um i don't know whether he would have done that had he not been been injured and um we are we are promoting this and we're trying to make sure that people are aware that if you are disabled and you know you love motorsport but you don't necessarily have the ambition to become a, a driver um then there are other roles for you to fulfill and and the, the sport is just as inclusive for you as it is for everyone else. And finally, Natalie, just on a, a broader topic, uh, what, what do you feel about the progress of women in motorsport? There have been a number of initiatives you referenced earlier, Girls on Track, Dare to be Different, W Series we've spoken about. Are they making a difference? And, and how does the future look? I think it looks really positive. I think um, the W Series has been instrumental in that change because I think with anything that needs change from kind of our younger generation which is where change will effectively happen if it's going to be permanent moving forward the younger generation needs to see people like them doing what it is that we're trying to promote so whilst the girls on track program was absolutely fantastic in getting young girls thinking about stem thinking about engineering roles thinking about karting driving that is great but outside of that platform and outside of that 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 organization there isn't there wasn't anything to then encourage them look look on tv we've got the w series we've got women like you racing single seaters 
So I almost think like the W series and the girls on track programs really complemented themselves in firstly trying to change from grassroots and secondly showing the younger generations that it was possible. And I think some of the opportunities for those drivers involved in the W series have been so incredible off the back of their exposure. But what it also did was it showed that these drivers are in terms of time and driving a bit like lap times and driving ability they're not female they're just they're just very quick racing drivers that happen to be female so i think that if the more joined up thinking we can have with promoting diversity whether that's women disabled ethnic minorities within motorsport the more success they will have long term well, thank you so much for your time, Natalie. It's great to hear from you. And the future, as you say, does look uh, extremely positive with all the, the great work that you and uh, your commission are doing. So good luck with that, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, James. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.